Before thee let my cry come near, O Lord, true to thy word, teach me before thee. We are thankful that you are able to join us today as Pastor Mark Robinette preaches another sermon at Foundation Church here in Mount Sterling, Ohio. If this message is an encouragement to you, and we pray that it will be, please consider taking the time to go to www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org and let us know. Thank you, and may the Lord richly bless you through His Word. Let my lips thy praise confess, yea, of thy word my tongue would sing, yea, Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Our call to worship today is the 30th Psalm. Hear now God's word as he calls us to worship. A psalm and song at the dedication of the house of David. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness, for his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And in my prosperity I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by thy favor thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the... Shall the dust... Thee, shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Let us pray. Father, you are good. You are great. You are holy. We come as a people unclean, with unclean lips and unclean hearts, but grateful to be in your presence. For calling us to worship you out of your great mercy and love for us. We pray that you will be pleased as your people come before you confessing our sins and asking you to make us anew in fellowship and unity first with you and then with each other and in a new heart ready to love your church and your world. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Praise God. 
The title of my sermon today is called No Justice, No Peace. Let me read Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. And ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was to be desired, one wise took of the fruit thereof, and did eat. And God gave also unto her, or I'm sorry, and she did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they, so, they sued fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees in the garden. Man from the very beginning was tempted with the same things that we are today the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Eve saw that the fruit was good for food, and Eve saw that the fruit was pleasant to the eyes, and Eve saw that it was desirable to make one wise. And though this may all have been true, God said, no, don't eat it. King Solomon, the wisest king to ever live other than Jesus, reminded us in the book of Proverbs to not be wise in your own eyes, but to fear the Lord and to depart from evil. It will be health to thy flesh and marrow to thy bones. But the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Adam and Eve had all they needed already as they walked in obedience to the Lord. However, when tempted with the opportunity to become gods themselves, knowing good and evil, their decision would lead to sorrow and death, not only for themselves, but for the rest of the world. Immediately after they ate, they recognized their, naked, their nakedness and shame. They tried to reconcile the matter by sewing fig leaves together to cover their shame, but it wasn't enough. They hid themselves from their dear God and Creator, as he walked through the garden in the cool of the day because they were afraid. Their efforts to cover their shame was not enough then in the same way that it is not enough now. God pronounces judgment and a curse on the serpent and the woman and the man and on the earth as a consequence for their sin. And God did something that had not been done since the creation of the world. God took an animal that had no part in the sin of Adam and Eve, and he killed it. He took the skins of that slaughtered animal, and he made clothes to cover the nakedness of Adam and Eve. This act of God certainly points us to the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. 
one who would not be worthy of death, just like this animal, but would die to cover our shame. We serve a just God. We serve a God that is mercy and who is holy. Man could no longer be in the presence of the Lord and was cast out lest he eat of the tree of life and live forever in his fallen state. This was an act of God's mercy because God had a plan to redeem man and the entire world from its fallen state. And it was to come through one of the offspring of the woman. However, we have the declaration of God that the seed of the serpent would be at war with the seed of the woman and that the seed of the serpent would bruise his heel, but thanks be to God, the seed of the woman would prevail by crushing his head. And Adam knew knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth. He was angry. And his, his countenance fell, and the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou shalt shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. Why did Cain kill his brother? Was it not because he took the judgment of good and evil into his his own hands? Hey, I got water. So why did Cain kill his brother? Was it not because he took judgment of good and evil into his own hands? Cain, the very firstborn to Adam and Eve, seemed to by nature apply the very thing that the serpent had tempted Adam and Eve with. You can be as gods, knowing good and evil. In other words, you can judge for yourself what is good and what is evil. And Cain effectively made himself judge, jury, and executioner. He determined in his, in his heart that God's judgment was not just. That's why he was angry. God's not just. You know, that's not fair. Why should he accept Abel's sacrifice and not mine? Cain judged God. He determined in his heart that God's judgment was not just by accepting his brother's sacrifice and not accepting his own. 
Cain knew what God expected, but decided he would offer what he wanted instead. God reminded him, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Doing well was obedience to God, but Cain could not. God pronounces judgment on Cain. You will till the ground and it will not yield to you its strength. Farming just got harder for Cain. You will be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. Cain once again makes a complaint against God, and ironically so. My punishment is greater than I can bear, and behold, I will be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it will be that whoever finds me will kill me. This is ironic because Cain just killed his brother as he judged fitting. However, when God, who is the only just judge, pronounces the same fate on Cain, he cries for mercy. Isn't that what we do? We are often quick to demand justice when it comes to things being unfair or unjust concerning being wronged by others, yet we always want mercy for ourselves. What, what God does for Cain should kind of blow our minds. And the fact that it does is proof that we are not as merciful as God is. After Cain cries, no fair, God says, okay, I will put a mark on you, lest anyone that finds you will kill you. Or vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. What? Cain is guilty. He murdered his brother. God is being merciful to Cain despite his guilt. And you and I at this point may be tempted to question God's sense of justice here, but we serve a merciful God. The account of Lamech, the great-grandson of Cain, follows suit with Cain's pride as he pronounces to his two wives, that he killed a young man for hurting him, then in his own self-righteousness declares for himself, if Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy-sevenfold. Carnal man's cry cries mercy for himself but demands justice for others. <coughs> God, however, has been merciful to man from the beginning and is slow to anger and long-suffering. How should we then live? God is holy, and we by ourselves are not. God is patient and merciful, and we more often than not are not. We demand justice. God desires mercy. Who is worthy to to demand justice? Only a holy God. The self-righteousness and pride of Cain and Lamech turned them into murderers, and they felt fully justified in doing so. But what it did not bring them was peace. It brought judgment and the judgment of God. 
when we put ourselves in the place of God and become condemning on matters that we may not fully understand, we think we'll find peace in our judgments, but we find only more anger and vexation. God desires us to be merciful as he is merciful, and how much more should we be considering we are not the perfect and holy God of the universe? Only God is worthy to demand justice, no one else. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seek after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are altogether become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Christ Jesus unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he might be just in the justifier and the justifier of him which believe, believeth in Jesus who's righteous us no god is god's the only worthy judge the only one worthy to condemn because we all have fallen short. We're all guilty. We're all in the same boat. We are justified through Christ. Not anything we have done. Not anything we have done on our own. And I can tell you that we've done a lot more than take a bite of one piece of fruit. That is how holy our God is. He requires perfection to be at peace with him. And none of us have that to offer. We are all in the same boat. And when it comes to comparing ourselves amongst ourselves, it is foolish to do so. We don't even come close to the righteousness of God. That's why Christ had to purchase us with his holy blood. The only one worthy to condemn us chose to have mercy upon us. Amen.
and volunteered to have his father's holy wrath and justice poured out on himself so that we could be at peace with the Father. That was Jesus. The very people who nailed our Lord and Savior to the cross were justified in their own eyes, self-righteous and blind to what God truly desired from his people. They didn't know what God really required of them. Jesus called many of the scribes and Pharisees the children of their father, the devil, because they didn't get it. They sought to justify themselves, and they were. They were justified in their own minds to nail our Savior to the cross. I believe sometimes we are justified in our own minds to nail other people to the cross. We shouldn't do this. Micah chapter 6 verse 8 shows for us really well what the Lord requires of us. It says, He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Oh, it's so simple. Such a simple way of putting it. This right here is the law of liberty. Uh, Elder Nickerson was speaking to us about that in the book of James. And this is the law of liberty right here. Is to act justly, to love mercy in regards to others, and to walk humbly with our God. Acting justly is something we individually can only do for ourselves. It's taking responsibility for our own actions, repenting of our own sins rather than focusing our attention on the sins of others. If we point the finger, it should always be directed at ourselves first before we look at others. And if we do approach our brothers who are overtaken in a fault, we should do so with a meek spirit, considering ourselves, lest we so tempted. Galatians 6. Love mercy is giving people what they do not deserve. Forgiveness. Showing kindness where it is not warranted. Loving the unlovable, because that is what God has offered you and I. Walking is understanding in meditating on godliness. We are not worthy of God's favor. To stand before God on your own two feet, you are proud and deceived. The rest of Romans chapter 3 says this. It says, Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law of works? Nay. But by the faith, therefore we man justified by faith the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision and the uncircumcision through faith. 
Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. When we keep God's law by faith, we do it agreeing to the fact that God is holy and just worthy of our worship. We seek to keep God's law thinking that we are justified by it. We deceive ourselves and become self-righteous hypocrites. We are justified through faith in Christ alone. We keep his law because it calls us to be holy as he is holy. The law of love is acting justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly with our God. Satan's plan is assistance to the holy God on your own terms. He seeks to get you to question God's word and replace it with a set of standards that suit your own sensibilities. Man in a place of always need to justify himself. Carnal man seeks to vindicate himself. Christ sought to glorify his father. Christ glorified through a life of strict obedience. We have been given the mind of Christ by the grace of God. The mercy of God is that through the Holy Spirit behind his Jay the truth except through when we are made new in Christ, we seek to glorify God's name, not our own. God's the only one to be worthy or that is worthy to be glorified. And this is true because we serve a God of justice. And this is true because we God of peace. No justice, no peace. God's just upon his son, Jesus, who did not deserve God's peace on us, who did not deserve his May we live in such a way that demonstrates that towards everyone else. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil of one another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to say, thou that judgest another. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your mercy, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, as we often are very wroth with others or maybe you. Lord, you are the only just judge. And uh, I just pray that as we meditate and think about your holiness and your perfection, that your ways are above ours, Lord, that our would be simply lifted to praise and to worship and adoration of you, that we would seek to glorify your name and to vindicate the name of Jesus by living in a way that is just, by loving mercy, mercy and by walking humbly. Lord, help us and empower us through your Holy Spirit to live by the law of liberty. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Hello, this is Pastor Mark Robinette of Foundation Church. Thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to our audio sermons. We would love to hear from you if you have any comments, questions, or just to let us know how they served you. Go to our website, www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org, and send us a note. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to serve you.